Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty, so the uh, former president, Donald Trump, and 18 others were indicted last night by a grand jury. This is the cover of night, it's the co- right? The co- Anyway, um, by a grand jury in Georgia in a long-running state probe of their efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in that state. Washington Times reports that Mr. Trump, the front-runner for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination, was charged with several felonies, including a violation of the state's racketeering law, conspiracy to commit forgery, false statements and writings, and filing false documents. Also indicted were former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, former Trump lawyer Rudolph Giuliani, former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark, former Trump campaign lawyer Jenna Ellis, attorney Sidney Powell, a.k.a. the Kraken, and attorney John Eastman. In the 97-page indictment, the grand jury handed up a total of 41 charges. They have now a deadline of 12 o'clock noon, August 25th, so 10 days from now, a week from Friday, uh, to surrender to authorities. The defendants, according to the prosecutor, the defendants should be tried together within the next six months, right smack dab in the middle of the election season. Coincidentally. She spends a year and a half investigating, which, like, honestly, maybe we should put her in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation because they've been going after that guy for, like, five years. And all they could come up with was a couple of misdemeanors, although the statute says they should be tried as felonies. But whatever. Um, yeah, she they could only come up with, like, a couple charges and then plead it away, and, and that's it. Whereas this, apparently, she's, like, awesome, right? We maybe put her in charge of the Hunter Biden thing, and maybe she can get somewhere much faster. She declined to say whether she had been coordinating, which means she was coordinating, on timing or anything else with the other prosecutors who have brought criminal charges against Mr. Trump, though she said it did not matter to her whether she went first or last. So, again, yes, she is coordinating. The racketeering charges paint the Trump campaign as a criminal enterprise like the mafia or a gang, which, of course, is not true because if it was a gang, then, like, you would not be prosecuted for this. That's the way things are nowadays. Anyway, uh, the list of uh, 161 illegal acts that purportedly comprised the conspiracy carry a mandatory minimum sentence of five years in prison. Um, and honestly, like, when I, re- when I read through it, and I did not go in-depth and line up all the timeline and stuff, I read people's analysis of it, but I did go through... The uh, the 98 pages. And a lot of the stuff seems to me to fall under. Like what most political parties do, like, for example, North Carolina's Democratic Party. They have engaged in some coordinated activities in order to affect the outcome of elections. They've been doing it for a very, very long time. So under the new standards. 
I'm I'm looking for a lot more RICO charges to be brought against political parties. People keep saying that they're tired of the political parties. Like this would do them in, right? This would do them in if if merely signing on to be a part of a political party, and then they're like, hey, we think there is some fraud here. We need to investigate the fraud. We need to kind of get some people involved and do all this. If you start doing anything like that, then you could go to jail. So uh, this could, yeah, this could get rid of the political parties. The Trump campaign blasted the new indictments as bogus, a bogus effort to interfere with his presidential campaign, and he called the prosecutor a rabid partisan. Ripping a page, this is what he said on, uh, or the campaign said in the statement, quote, ripping a page from crooked, okay, hang on a second. I just, I would just like to state for the record, I don't think that this is his best work. Crooked Joe Biden. I don't, this is the, Right. This is the moniker he gave to Hillary Clinton. And now he's just repurposed it for Joe Biden. And he said and he explained that he's like taking it away from her and he's giving it to Joe Biden. It's just it just it smacks of a lazy sequel. You know, like you're just trying to piggyback on the success and popularity of the first one. I think there were way more opportunities to 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 use the Joe Biden name, Bribin, Joe Bribin Biden, whatever. Like there were, there was, there were opportunities there. Okay. Like also, do you think he regrets not charging, not trying to prosecute Hillary by this point? I think so. He said he was her friend. I think he, and he, maybe he like let her skate because of that. Right. Went to her daughter's wedding and all of that. I don't know. I, I, I do wonder does he regret not going after her, not prosecuting her, not trying to lock her up, dare I say? Because she's now making the rounds today. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. She's making the rounds on all of the uh, TV shows, spiking the football, gloating over yet another indictment of him. I don't get the dynamic. I don't get the, the, the thinking on his part, I, I really don't. Um, it would infuriate me. Ripping a page from Crooked Joe Biden's playbook, he says Willis has strategically stalled her investigation to try and maximally interfere with the 2024 presidential race and damage the dominant Trump campaign. Let me go to some uh, messages here. This is from uh, Jay. Pete, if Trump was not running... And fading into the distance, none of these indictments would ever see the light of day. Of course, there was voter fraud, as there is in every election, but did it change the outcome? We will find out when they tell us who actually shot JFK. That's Well, they just delayed that, too. So, um, <laughs> so the second Tuesday of next month, or next week, I should say. The second Tuesday of next week. Brian Kemp, this is from Joseph. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, will not go to bat for Trump after what happened, but that's the GOP. They play small ball, embroiled in petty intra-party fighting, and yes, Trump is maybe the worst culprit. Kemp, well, this is one of the things that kills me in, in all of this, is you got all of the people that have been that, that have been savaging Ron DeSantis and, and Brian Kemp, that other guy, what, Raffensperger, just, just tearing into them. 
And then as soon as something like this comes along, they run to them and say, well, won't you defend us? Why would they? For somebody who preaches about loyalty so much, why would these guys owe you anything after what you've done to them, right? And you could say that they did it to Trump first and whatever, but the idea that you would run to them and try to demand that they, like, this isn't even working the refs. They're not even the refs, right? You're you're demanding that they stand up for you somehow as if that matters, as if, like, Governor Kemp is going to stand up and be like, well, you know what? The guy called me Zodiac Killer, made fun of my wife's appearance and, you know, whatever. And <laughs> my dad killed JFK. I mean, that was old Ted Cruz. But you get the idea. This demand that people defend him after the breach of loyalty or this expression of disloyalty that has gone both ways for many, many weeks or months. I, I, I don't get that. I, I don't. I would never think to go after the endorsement of somebody that I've been savaging. I've been making fun of somebody for the last year, and then something bad happens to me. I, it, would, it never even crossed my mind to go, hey, where's that guy that I've been making fun of for a year? He needs to defend me. I would never think about that. But um, let me go back to this email. Joseph says, um, Kamala Harris can stand on a debate stage and call Joe Biden a racist, and he will make her his VP. Trump has four indictments, and Joe Biden can't even get investigated. The Democrat Party has a mission while the GOP just has a grift. The communist woke orc mob okay, moves in unison while alleged conservatives wave pocket constitutions and Ukrainian flags at each other. Um, Melissa says revenge is a very strong motivator and a dish best served cold. People will vote revenge for the high prices of food, fuel, and the illegal immigration issue. That's possible, right? It's the economy, quoteth James Carville. Except, of course, when it wasn't in the second term of Barack Obama during his re-election campaign, when no other president had ever won re-election with an economy as bad as Obama's. And so the conventional wisdom was, if you have that bad of an economy, those numbers... Every other president had lost re-election. And so everyone assumed Obama would lose re-election. And so Mitt Romney was out on the campaign trail, hammering away at the economy, hammering away at the numbers, because he thought that was what was going to win him the election. And media wouldn't cover the story. Media wouldn't talk about it. And from that point forward, what was that, 2012? So now 13 years ago or 12 years ago, this is where I came to realize elections are about what media make them. Because Mitt Romney was like, what, his campaign, they were like, why, why won't they cover this? Why won't they talk about the economy? Because you're not Obama. They want Obama. So do you think that Joe Biden is going to get, what, negative coverage of the economy? No, they're trying to spin it as a positive. Look at inflation. It's growing more slowly now than it has since, uh, since Biden took over. <laughs> but it's still growing, and it's all baked in the cumulative cake. Good Lord. So, yeah, I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure people will punish Joe Biden for the economy. Maybe they do. All right. More on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. 
food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, I've got a piece here from Jonathan Turley regarding the indictments. I also have uh, an opinion here by Alan Dershowitz. I mean, not a not a like official legal opinion, although he is a lawyer, so it is kind of a legal opinion. But let me read this email because whoever it is that sent it, they did not sign it. Let me see here if they follow up. No, they didn't sign it, but they they dare me to read this on the air. I love when people say that. I dare you to read this on the air. Like, when do I not read these emails on the air? You're free to call in to DG land, whatever. Um, the real, he says, or she says, I don't know. You are asking the wrong questions. The real question to be asked is, which is a bigger threat to democracy? Trump winning or Trump not winning? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which is the bigger threat. I saw what happened when Trump was in there last time. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, there, there are definitely some concerns with, hap- uh, with what happened there. Well, with the CARES Act, the profligate spending, the, uh, the shots, right, the vaccine, the shutting of the economy down, like all of that stuff. That, that, yeah, that was kind of troubling. And then, of course, the last four years also kind of troubling, too. But see, for me, this has been a long descent. I have been tracking this for 20 years as president after president after president continues to do the same sorts of stuff. Governing by fiat and executive orders and such. Runaway spending. Right, the destruction of our currency. Like, those are the big issues to me. And I've been watching it across the board, every single president. I mean, they have different... Uh, I, I, uh, and here's the thing. I don't agree with every president that has been in office. But for some reason, with Trump, it's like this singular figure that I must agree with Trump on everything <laughs> in order to win the praises of this emailer. So now I've gone too late. So now I'm going to, uh, I will have to re-rack this, although I went too late in the first segment. That's why I couldn't read all of this. I will come back. Oh, he just sent me another one. I'll read all of your emails, DG, and whatever. I'll read your emails and I'll answer your questions because that's what I do. All right, let me go back to the email here from, I don't know the name. Um, but the person says, I'm asking the wrong questions. The real question to be asked is, which is a bigger threat to democracy, Trump winning or Trump not winning? If the Democrats can take a candidate out like this and get away with it, they will continue to do so. I agree with that. If they could. Yeah, absolutely. Why? They're absolutely going to continue, which is why you need somebody who cannot get taken out like this, who is going to present it more, uh, more of a challenge to take out like this. Um So that's my answer to the question is you get a better candidate that is able to withstand these types of attacks by not giving lots and lots of rope to the opponents that they can then use to hang you with. That's all. And look, you can disagree with that, too. I'm totally fine if you disagree with that. What I 
I bristle at, and I, look, I get it. I'm kind of a contrarian on this stuff where, where people demand of me something. Like I demand that you, you know, adopt my position and why won't you, you know, agree with me on this thing? And there's almost like this force being applied. I bristle at that. That's just my nature. Um, but there are other questions that are then asked by the emailer here who says, do you really think that Joe Biden got more votes in the last election than Barack Obama ever got? Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because they sent out ballots to everybody because of COVID. And that was part of the legislation that Donald Trump signed. So, yes, I do believe that everybody sitting at, sitting at home with their COVID checks, waiting for the vaccines to roll out, terrified of leaving their homes, and they get ballots in the mail. And I remember when people were like, I'm not getting that shot because that's Donald Trump. That's what the left was saying. When, when, when all of that stuff first started coming out, Operation Warp Speed and Trump was singing the praises of Fauci and Deborah Burks, right? They were doing the press conferences and the media was like, he said inject bleach into your blood. Like that kind of stupidity. Yeah, I remember all of that. I was, I was doing a daily podcast covering all of this stuff in depth, deep dives for two years. So yes, I remember all of that. And so when they mailed out ballots to everybody and changed the election rules in the middle of the election, the early voting, yes, it's not beyond the realm of possibility to think that more people voted because more ballots got put out there. Does that mean there's probably more fraud? Yes, probably so. That's why they shouldn't have gone along with it. That's why it shouldn't have been funded. Challenges should have been uh, uh, taken up. More than just here in North Carolina, there should have been a concerted effort. And I, you know, I know that a lot of people that that love Donald Trump, and they're like, you know, oh, the establishment this, and Donald Trump is this other thing. You know, Trump is the leader of the party. He's been the leader of the party for six years. You don't get to pretend that he's not the leader anymore. He has been. Ronna McDaniel, or should I say, Ronna Romney? Right? He he endorsed Paul Ryan. He, like what? It, these are things he did. You can get mad at me for pointing it out. But he did them. Is there then the next question? Is there a chance that the corrupt government that we are seeing doing everything they can to keep Trump out of office is also the government that colluded with China to release a virus on the world in order to destroy the economy? Uh, Look, anonymous emailer, if you have um, evidence that shows that this was intentionally released into America in order to get Donald Trump out of office, feel free to send it along. As one who has been covering that aspect of it for three years now, yeah, I've never seen any evidence that, to make that direct link. Some people want to believe in a conspiracy theory because it is too scary to think that this kind of random stuff does happen. I'm not saying that the lab leak theory is incorrect. I believe that it was created in a lab with gain-of-function research funded by the U.S. government. I believe it, it broke containment. I've not seen any evidence that it was that it was specifically released in order to keep Trump out of office. Really? Do you realize how narcissistic that sounds? That's like the the transgender people that were like they shot up the uh, the substations in Moore County to prevent us from having a drag queen story hour at some dive bar. Really? It's about you. It wasn't that two different substations got attacked along with all, half a dozen others around the country. Like that's so it's a more believable thing that it was about you reading the reading to the kids. 
Okay. Um, the only the only crime Trump committed was beating the Obama-Clinton-Washington political machine that was ready to be coronated. And then on top of that, he actually did more for the country than all the other politicians that sit around in office for decades. Dare you to read this on the air? Well, it has now been read on the air. Um, and then there's a... F- Is this an... Oh, wait, hang on. Is that a different person? No, hang on. There's more emails. You keep sending me more and more emails. Um... Or is this the same? Is this the same email? Or did I just delete the wrong one? Hang on. Let me see. Control Z. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I deleted the wrong email. So here's a follow up. Uh, by the way, it's really hard to listen to you and Vince's never Trumpism. I guess WBT stands for won't back Trump. Yeah, we don't get any talking points or directives from anybody to have opinions that we hold. So these are opinions I have held before I was at BT and. Yeah, so I'm sorry if this offends you hearing somebody else with a different opinion. You sound like a wokist. My goodness. Um, the last time I called in was when DeSantis put his name in the hat, and I called to say that, one, it's the biggest strategic error anyone has ever made, and two, he doesn't have a chance because even if he wins the primary, Trump voters won't vote for him in the regular You said I sounded like I might be scared of him, at which I laughed, and then the next caller called me delusional. (laughs) Granted, it's not over, but who has the better political insight and who might be delusional? Well, considering that not a single vote has been cast in the primary, I think it's probably uh, too early to to know that. When did uh, Trump shut down the country? Here is one line I found, but I cannot recall Trump ordered everyone shut down. Trump kept Fauci in charge. Trump's CDC issued the directives, the recommendations. The governors then used that to shut down the economy. And Trump said that, yeah, we need to just flatten the curve. Trump was all on board at the at the beginning of all this. This revisionism that you guys want to go through. It's, I'm not uh, like, again, you can have whatever opinions you want on this. Do not whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. You're welcome. He says, thank you for reading. Or she, thank you for reading. You're welcome. Unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. I say it all the time, and I believe it. I engage in the arguments because it makes my arguments stronger. I feel like I have stronger and better arguments. Um, I don't hold opinions that I believe to be in error. And so when people come and they want to debate or discuss something, I'm more than happy to do it. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Let's go to Jimmy. Welcome to the program, Jimmy. How are you? Hey there, Pete. Hey. How are you, Pete? What's going on? Um, why aren't these red states you know, DAs and stuff like that. Purely, the Democrats have, you know, 
Joe was down here in Charleston, uh, what about six months ago? Surely he did something wrong there because he took the, you know, he took the, the sun with him. So you know it was some kind of cocaine down there. <laughs> so why these red state uh, DAs start to pull these Democrats out and start prosecuting them out of the blue? Well, this is the new standard, Jimmy. I've been saying it since the Trump administration that when the left plays by a certain standard and uh, they uh, they implement that as the new norm, then they should not cry when those standards get applied to them. And so, yes, I think there is enough evidence right now in the Hunter Biden. I've got, we're going to get into that in the next hour. There's enough evidence regarding Hunter Biden that some creative prosecutors in some red counties, red states, should definitely be compiling indictments against Hunter Biden. Because here's one of the things also with the Trump indictment yesterday. These are state charges. That means can't get pardoned, can't pardon himself because they're not federal charges. And that's been the problem right now. They've been allowing the feds to do the investigation, but the federal agencies are controlled by Merrick Garland's DOJ. Didn't Obama do the whole gun running thing like, you know, what, Texas? Yep. Yeah, wherever these things happen, that's where they start. They need to start prosecuting. Yeah, like, and these are the new rules, new new standards. Yeah, hey, put him on charges. Yeah, do it next month, and let's see him walk in, and let's have the crowd and all that, and just get the mug shot. Let's do to do that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> right, why not? Brave new world, Jimmy. I appreciate the call. I do. Uh, let me jump over here and get Lee on the program. Hello, Lee. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Hey, yeah, oh, you know, not too bad. Hey, so, uh, like I said, my biggest concern is the fact that, uh, you know, there's basically two camps on this whole thing. Either Donald Trump intentionally tried to subvert the election, which is bad, or the Democrats are using the Department of Justice to go after Donald Trump. So both of these, you either fall on one side of the aisle or the other. There is no... In the middle. Right. Well, this is, well, Lee, I think this is why I get the criticism I just read, which is I'm okay with saying a little from column A and a little from column B. It's a false choice that we're being presented. It's a false dichotomy in debate. This is what it's called. It's, these are not the only choices available to us. You could, there can be components of truth in both of those arguments or issues or positions. True. But as as far as the base, when you're talking about the the base of Mm -hmm. people, the, but those people are either on one camp or the other, and that, that can be very dangerous for our democracy and society as a whole. Yeah, sure. That's what, that's what makes a lot of—I mean, that's what makes the base the base, right? Correct. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the base. They're going to vote for their guy no matter what. And the Republican Party has a problem in that there's—and I've said this before for a couple of years now. There is a realignment occurring inside both parties, but there's a realignment particularly— uh, profound in the Republican camp. And there is this strain of populism that's at odds with the libertarianism, that's at odds with the neocons. Which, right, every, there are all these different factions. That's part of the problem of the, quote, big tent, is you get different factions, a coalition. And, um, yeah, they're, and they disagree on some pretty fundamental things. So I don't know how it shakes out, but the base for Trump, that's his base. And he's always going to have that base. And it's and, and what did he say, right? He could go out and shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and his people would still vote for him. And I believe yeah, it. He, yeah, I believe yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. And by okay, the way, I think right. the same thing for Joe Biden. 
I, I, right. I, yeah, I, I think that there are people and Obama, right? Obama could, you know, target all these Tea Party groups with the IRS and nobody would care. That happened. Right. He could run guns into Mexico. Nobody would care. Like That happened, too. So, you know, this is where we are. Right. All right, Lee, all I pre- right. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Um, yeah, look, and I don't like it. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to jump into one of the bases. I'm not going to jump in with with one group and just ignore the data, to ignore the truth, to ignore facts. Here's the thing: in my view, right now, Donald Trump is innocent. You know why? That's the standard, because that's the law. He has not been convicted of anything. And when you walk in as anybody charged with a crime, when you walk into court, right? You are presumed to be innocent. All we have are indictments that are as easy to come by, right, as a ham sandwich, right? So I want to see what the arguments are. I want to see what the uh, what the evidence is. And we don't have that yet. All we've got is one side saying something. Now, we'll know something, I guess, a little bit more next Monday when Trump holds his press conference. We'll see what happens.